0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Cantorian You. Uh, today, we've got Steve Paltz, singer-songwriter, world traveler, international superstar, former San Diegan, current Nashville resident, and uh, in town, because he has a huge show, uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night at the Birch Aquarium it's uh, the green flash concert series out there where steve will be playing at the aquarium at sunset it's just the most amazing backdrop and uh steve is just such an incredible performer you'll hear from steve in this forthcoming interview but definitely want to encourage you to head on out to the birch aquarium tomorrow night uh, to see Steve uh, during the Green Flash Concert Series. I've been involved with that program for a while now, and it really is the best place on the planet to see a band. Uh, also want to thank Tory Holistics, legal, licensed, recreational, and adult use dispensary here in, uh, in Sorrento Valley, right at the I-5805 Merge, and they have a delivery service by the name of tory to You. So if you don't want to deal with going into the shop, or uh, heading over to the Sorrento Valley area they do serve uh, San Diego County and all you have to do is hit toriholistics.com forward slash delivery it's uh, it's like uber eats same type of program you just hook it up they deliver they get you what you need in less than an hour and they have a wide variety of products for medicinal and obviously recreational use and uh, also want to thank the Scooter Farm. What an amazing operation. If you have uh, a kid in the house who's down with the scooters, head on into the Scooter Farm. They're in Claremont, and uh, right down the street, actually, from the Claremont Skate Park. And they've got summer camps going all this summer. And uh, you can get all the information if you want to throw your kid into an epic summer camp. Do it at the Scooter Farm, OK? It's the ScooterFarm.com, And they have camps running all through August. I'm gonna be sending my son down there with a couple of his buds and uh, they have everything from workshops you get to ride with the pros you can build complete scooters even my dad it's so funny my dad just uh, what was it for Father's Day got himself an electric scooter he, he just wants one to take down to Starbucks and it has a seat <laughs> or he can stand on it kind of like a bird so We'll see how that goes, but definitely uh, if you've got a scooter enthusiast in your house, head on into the scooter farm. And uh, and then the final message before we get to Pulse here, who is a world traveler, so this makes sense uh, for Steve. If he's got shows down in Mexico, hit up Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. I know Steve has a rental. He came over to the house today in a rental. And if he was to venture south, he needs to hit up BajaBound.com. They have the best rates, the best policies. A lot of people travel in the Baja these days for wine country, uh, the beer scene, restaurants, football matches, the surf, lobster you name it. BajaBound.com.
1: Tell me if you recognize this song. Huh.
0: Yeah, but I'm not getting it. Just wondering. Is it a cover or what are you? Yeah, it's a cover. Oh, okay.
1: I'm wondering if you recognize what song it is. I'm going to sing the first okay. verse. Here it goes.
0: All right.
1: I told Athia I was feeling lost, lacking in some direction. Athia told me upon scrutiny that my back might need protection.
0: I've tried a blank man.
1: I told I fear that treachery was tearing me limb from limb I fear told me now cool down boy Settle back easy gym Grateful Dead,
0: oh! Althea. <laughs> what, what's the track? What is the song though? Althea. Okay, see, I wasn't that huge of a Dead fan.
1: <laughs> I've only become a Deadhead in the last three years, and it's all I've been listening to. It's like it's like I discovered this onion, <laughs> and I'm peeling back all these different layers. And there's all these live performances, and like then I'll I'll see like Al Franken talk about, oh, you got to hear Althea from 1980 and Hartford. Come on, I'm not kidding you. Like um, Al Franken's the biggest Deadhead, and then you'll. You'll see all these people now. I watched that Amazon nine, eight or nine part special with a long stream. Long oh, string. man, I
0: haven't seen that, but yeah. It's so good. I know what you're talking so about. So I was
1: never into the dead, right? It wasn't that I hated them, they just weren't on my radar. Sure. I, get I it. saw him in 79 in uh, Salt Lake City. Okay. But I didn't, I'm, I really had fun at the show. But then, you know, you get into the San Diego alternative
0: rock scene and The Dead is like... Not cool. Not cool to like them. I know. It's so funny. I'm down with liking the bands I used to like just because of that. After working in alternative radio and yes! the San Diego scene for so long, like you never want to admit playing Genesis records. And I'm not afraid. I'm oh, not afraid. Yeah. I'm that really Genesis not... stuff was good. Especially the early stuff, man, with Peter Gabriel, and then when Jeez. Phil Collins first took over and they did Three Sides Live, and I'm, I'm playing Rush records now that I haven't touched oh, in 25 years. I'm gonna
1: turn you on to the dead. You will dig Althea, that song.
0: Well, I had a roommate in college named Craig Harris over here at San Diego State. He was Oh yeah, a, he dealt weed. He did. He <laughs> I don't did. know if he did. He, okay. he was the guy who first got me stoned, oh, as wow. a matter of fact. Yeah, it's all his fault. <laughs> and he was a big, um, big deadhead, tie-dye, the Birkenstocks, the whole thing. And we, uh, we were roommates for a Whoa. lot of our years at San Diego State. And he played guitar, but all he would play were, were Grateful Dead songs. But that one never came across. Had he ever played it, I would have known it in a second.
1: I bet, because you're in radio.
0: Well, Friend of a Devil, if you played that song, I would have known that. You know, more of the bigger trucking. Truckin'. Oh, obviously trucking. Sugar Magnolia. Casey
1: Jones. Well, yeah, obviously. What if I play this
0: opening riff? Oh, yeah. Well, the first days are the yeah. hottest days. Yeah. Oh, it's Uncle amazing shit. Yeah, man. Now you're giving me goosebumps. American Beauty was such a good record. Oh my God. All right. So have you done that thing on Facebook, the 10 influential album no, albums in 10 days? No. I don't
1: do things that everybody does. And I don't. It's not that I'm a snob. I just. I like making my own things up on Facebook. I know. I'm a bad follower, Chris.
0: I'm kind of the same way. <laughs> I, I get called a dick for, for my social media ways because I don't like <laughs> enough posts. I don't engage enough sometimes or don't take part in, in these uh, reindeer games, if you will. They are reindeer games. And I did it. I recently did it. And I'm on my 10th today, as a matter of fact. And I was going to put up uh, Radiohead OK Computer. Oh, wow. And that was my 10th. I but...
1: never got Radiohead. No? No, and I and all my friends do, and I want to. I know how cool they are. I get it, but it just doesn't speak to me. It, I'm just like, it loses me. Yeah. But then you put on a John Prine record, and you got me from start to finish.
0: Interesting,
1: man. Yeah. So have
0: you ever spent like a real good amount of time with Radiohead and tried to give it a full... I
1: need to. I, I don't hate them. It's just it doesn't hold it just my never, attention. Yeah. It's like... Operatic to me, and I don't know what they're singing about.
0: See, that's interesting. Except
1: for the ones that are really commercial, like yeah, creep. like the
0: creep and stuff.
1: And, and that other one, what was the other one? That uh, was the, Karma Police. I love that. Yeah, see, so I get it. I know they're great, but I'm more of a if I want to get into concepty stuff, I'm more of a Wilco guy. Oh God. You know, and especially Yankee Hotel Foxtrot.
0: Dude. That's a great record. Next level. I mean, that's an American classic right there.
1: And I love how it starts because he says, I am an American aquarium drinker. I assassin down the avenue. So he makes assassin a verb. I assassin down the (laughs) avenue. (laughs)
0: Great observation there, Steve.
1: (laughs) so uh, how you doing man I'm doing fantastic man I'm yeah. in San Diego right now I just um, came in from Alaska I live in Nashville now and man the first thing I think of when I land in San Diego is I I go, do they vacuum the freeways here? Like, it looks so nice because I'm used to Nashville where it's kind of trashy and there's like... The south is trashier looking, you know, but it's really green, but there's mosquitoes. It's swampy. They call it the dirty south for For, a reason. Yeah, of course. And then you get here and it's like, oh, this is why they have state tax. (laughs) (laughs) They they fix things. They fix and clean up shit. Yeah, so um, it's beautiful to be here. Obviously, San Diego has the weather. I left because... I had lived here 30 years and right. I love San Diego and I thought I would never leave. So did I. But I went to Nashville and I was just um, taken by it. And I ran into all these musicians I knew. It was like being at South by Southwest or Folk Alliance for me. I knew everybody. Right. And so one thing led to another And I just went, man, it would be kind of fun to live here. Like it's in the heart of all this music happening. It's like Williamsburg now or Portland. It's like everybody's moved out there and I I bought a house. I was able to buy a house in East Nashville, for the price of what a one-bedroom condo would cost here, a house on a quarter acre, a four-bedroom, three-bath house built in 2011—no way—will cost you less than like a condo. And I have parking. I'm on the best street. Damn. Everybody around me is a musician. They're all writing. I'm doing all these co-writes. I'm, my career is just like blooming from living out there. And then uh, all my friends still live here, so I love. I mean. San Diego, San Diego. It's like I get here. The weather. No wonder everybody lives here. Yeah. You know, living in the south, there's mosquitoes. There's sure. You know, I got snow, but man, the music. Everything is built around music there, and I'm loving living in Nashville. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for a place to buy here eventually, so I can have one here and one there.
0: Yeah, and that was the thing with you that I just always, and you already said it. You were just such the consummate San Diego musician, or you just. You were just part of the fabric of the community yeah. that even when you bailed, I was like, oh, man, I I felt a little betrayed for a second. No,
1: I know. People were mad. Like, I had people mad at me, but it's like, <laughs> why would you get mad at me? Don't you want? <laughs> There's something about moving somewhere else that makes you step up your game. Right. Because you can become, and I'm only speaking for myself, but I could become complacent if I... If I just lived here and didn't tour, especially by I touring has always kept me spry. So I do 200 dates a year. Like I was never content to just play the belly up. I was like, I got to get out and see, uh, I that's what used to cause the earliest arguments when I was in the Rugburns Cause I remember like Gregory would go, I don't want to play Eugene, Oregon to 20 people when we can play the belly up and sell it out. And I said, why wouldn't you want to play to 20 people in Jean? Eugene, next time we come up, we'll play to 30 yeah. next time we'll be 60 and I love I love building things, and I always refer back to this, but there's this book about Steve Jobs, and it's by Walter Isaacson, this great biographer. such a good book, and it inspired me. And Steve Jobs was all about building Apple, And, and I've always been about building my music thing. And I'm not trying to compare myself to Steve Jobs at all. What I'm trying to say is, by reading the Steve Jobs book, it inspired me, I went, yes! It's like, I wasn't content to just play only San Diego. I was like, I gotta see if I, can, if I can do this in San Diego, maybe I can get a crowd in Austin. Maybe I can
0: get a crowd in Minneapolis. But you realize that's part of being an entrepreneur and part of being a creative. And yeah. I didn't realize this till what you're talking about recently. Cause I, uh, I've been in intense therapy for the last year or two years or about year and a half now. So as my radio career was coming to an end, I started going back into therapy just to learn more about myself and wonder why I was going through life the way I was. And what I learned in therapy, exactly what you're talking about, complacency and becoming lazy and uninspired. Yeah. And it's like, you've got to do something different. Your energy and the type of human that you are, you need to, and he used the word, build stuff. You need to build and build and build and build. And once it's built as big as you want it to get to, then you can move on to another thing or keep building off that other entity. But you always have to be building. Yeah. Or you're going to go crazy.
1: Yes. So when I moved to Austin, I mean, not Austin, when I moved to Nashville, it was like diving into a different pool. And I was like, I don't know if I can swim with these swimmers. It made me step up my game even more. Cause I'm like, do I belong here? You know, Vince Gill's just playing every Monday night at third and Lindsley, like Jack Damn. White has his place there. And you're like it. And by being around all these musicians and I'm talking everywhere is built around music. It's like every day you're at South by Southwest or every day you're like do you Alliance. see
0: Jack White walking down the street for example? You
1: could if you, you were could, out there. Right, yeah. yeah, I'm not in Nashville a lot, but I see okay. Vince Gill. I see different people all the time, and people don't get starstruck.
0: It's no. just part of the part of the community.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, but more than that, I see regular working class musicians like myself. I put myself in that um, category. I'm a I'm a blue collar working musician who goes out on the road. I sell my merch. I make my money. And I go back out, I book more shows, my agent books them and then I play them. I do the best show I can. And I slowly build this brand because basically I have a brand is what I am. I'm out there and I'm working as hard as I can. And some shows are great. Some are better. And some are in duds, but you learn <laughs> and you try to do the best you can and get better at your craft. And so I've lived in Nashville two years now. And those two years, all I keep saying is, why didn't I move here 10 years ago? Wow. That's how cool it's been. And yet I still come back to San Diego and love it. Like I love this city. And yeah. it is isn't And, in and my that's heart. not a dig
0: on the city when you no. say, no, obviously. It's just, I think San Diego has a glass ceiling and, and you probably hit that glass ceiling, as you said even though you were on the road all the time, just using that belly-up analogy, throwing yourself there would be equivalent to me throwing myself in the middle of Los Angeles. Like, you wanna work in media, entertainment, you know, big media. Go to the best place. You gotta go to Hollywood. But no, I'll never, you know, I say never, but, over the course of the last year, I entertained moving to L.A. more this last year than I have my entire thirty I years. I think you in should do here. it. I love L.A. By the way, as an I'm, aside, I'm starting to love it again too. As a guy who grew up there and learned to hate it. Well, we
1: were indoctrinated by living in San Diego to hate L.A. Exactly, and that's really a stupid proprietary. Uh, I don't even know if proprietary is the right word. <laughs> yeah, I get it, your point. It's a stupid, maybe patriarchal way of thinking, or it's. I, I don't know, it's like, why hate LA? It's got everything, man. I get it every, but I was I, living here and going to USD and then going to Padre games and everything, saying
0: smell a" and blah, yeah, blah, blah. It's F like- The Dodgers beat LA, all that shit. It's like,
1: we hate them, but they don't hate us. They Which don't even know we exist. They I mean, they know we exist. They come down here, but it's like, it reminds me of when I was on the wrestling team at Palm Springs High. And I wrestled 98, but I would always wrestle the guys that were 115 because it made me a better wrestler. They were better than me, they were stronger. And so why not go up there if you, I don't know. It's kind of fun to challenge
0: yourself. Well, for me, it's just based on opportunities and just more, the pool's bigger up there than it is down here. Catch some of the crumbs. The crumbs. That's why
1: I say I'm in Nashville. I'm just there to catch some crumbs. I don't plan on being the next, Jack White or Vince Gill or whoever. I'm is fine with crumbs, there.
0: brother. I'm happy. I'm it's <laughs> so like, long as those crumbs can feed the kids in those back rooms here at the house, I'm all good.
1: Yeah, let just let me keep working and do what I do. Making money. And uh but boy, this really is a beautiful
0: city. Oh man. It's it's got my heart. Don't get me wrong. And if I ever had to leave, it'd be friggin' devastating. But again, you're you're on the road more than you're at home and that's always been the case for you. And weren't you on the road when you uh when you had your stroke? I was, yeah. <laughs> that was the scariest thing, man. That freaked the shit out of me, man.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. I uh I was on stage in Wilmington, Delaware, of right. places, playing a show and I went blind on stage and then I didn't tell the audience cuz that's just how I M yeah. like I used to play shows with stitches in my head with a broken nose with a concussion I just always I was raised on the thing the show must go on I get it so I had a stroke and I kept playing I was like well I'll go to the doctors afterwards so I, I couldn't see anybody and then finally I started repeating the same verse to an old Rugburn song called single life and I did the second verse like five times in a row whereas people were like what is going on with this oh, guy man. and then I was like totally confused and was about to faint and then I said I got to go to the doctors and then some guy was like, come on, man, you've only played an hour. I brought my son here. It's his 21st birthday. Sign this record. And I was like, whoa, I like, everything was totally confusing to me. I remember I signed the guy's record.
0: This is after the show.
1: Yeah. After I quit playing after an hour. Okay. Cause I usually do really yeah, you do two long, hours. Yeah, you know? long shows. And uh, <laughs> so I, I had somebody had to drive me cause I couldn't see. And then I went in and I ended up in the stroke ward. I just thought, I didn't know what was happening. And a stroke doesn't hurt; it just makes you totally confused. It's not like you have a chest pain, right? Like a heart attack. It's like something weird is happening. And I had a stroke, a full blown stroke, and I mine affected my thalamus region in the brain, so I went blind. And then when my vision came back, I couldn't read; like it didn't make sense to me.
0: And is that still the case, or
1: no? I can. Uh, it, it healed. Everything healed. Everything came back. But for like a couple months, I felt like I got whacked in the head by a two by four. Like I didn't drive. And I was kind of out of it. And I didn't play guitar, and that's what got me into the Grateful Dead. Took a stroke to get me into the Dead. Like then the music
0: <laughs> sounded good to me. I was like,
1: "Whoa, <laughs> this music makes sense, bro."
0: <laughs> and what was it? Was a, just a, a just a freak friggin' thing, right? Just yeah. You know. He's the doctor told me.
1: He goes, the good news is, is we don't know why this happened. But the bad news is we don't know why this happened. And yeah. it could happen again the next time it might kill you. Hey. Like, I know it was weird. And, and he goes, but you like, you don't, I take no drugs. I don't even smoke pot. I don't drink alcohol at all. And he goes, your cholesterol is beyond good. I eat really healthy. So he says, we don't know why this happened. Do you have a history of stroke in your family? This is when I had the stroke and I go, no. Cause I was confused and then I go, well, My mom had one and my uncle died of a massive stroke and my other uncle died of a heart attack and her parents both died of strokes. And he goes, what part of family history don't you understand? (laughs) 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 But like, I'm not taking any medicine for it. You're not. He didn't, cause you look great. You know, you I walked take up no and I was like,
0: holy shit. You look like, a, honestly, man, Thank you. best you've looked in, I don't know, a year. Not yeah, drinking <laughs> that's all. That's really what it comes Thirteen down to 13 years, 13 drinking. years sober. I remember year one celebrating the first year and you're yes, at 13. I remember we talked about it. Yes.
1: And the, here's the thing about being sober. You never look back on it and say, I wish I drank. Yeah. You never do. Yeah. You never say, I wish I drank. You're like, thank God I haven't drank in the last 13 years. or, And I know everybody loves to smoke weed, I get it. I have not I'm not, I'm a live and let live guy. I want people to do whatever they wanna do. I'm the same way.
0: Yeah. As long as it's not harming others, obviously.
1: And pot's legal now which makes it not even that much fun to me. It's like, what's fun about going to a place where it's legal, it was fun to go buy it when it was illegal, go to the swap meet and find the guy with the number 13, tattooed on his bicep, wearing a white beater t-shirt, because the 13th letter of the alphabet is a letter M,
0: stands for marijuana, the way a letter oughta. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty good, man. I think you're speaking from experience there. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. Yeah, Yeah, man. Here's my question, though, when it comes to the sober life. Do you look back at those years and, Do you get haunted by those drinking years ever? Or is that part of the beauty of sobriety that you're able to push it aside and say, hey, that was a different human and I was working in a different space then?
1: Well, that's a really good question.
0: Because I struggle with that.
1: That's a great question. And my answer to you is this. I look back on those years, sometimes fondly. I'm not going to lie to you. And I go, man, that was fun. We had some good times. Right. And then I sort of play the tape to the end and I have some greatest hits of really bad moments in my life. And I think, and then I get the willies and I'm like, oh, I see where it goes. Yeah. I sort of can romanticize it, but if I play the tape to the end, it's not pretty. Yeah. And I was not feeling good and I was in a dark, depressive state towards the end and I was scared for my own life. Yeah. And I'm lucky that I... Stopped and that I'm alive still because, I you know I could have died easily on drugs and alcohol and I'm glad that I have made it. You know,
0: especially with everything going on today. You know, uh, when you look at how many people aren't able to hold on and hang on anymore.
1: Yeah, here's the thing with sobriety: is the longer you're sober, the more clear you can see through this crazy forest, and you're able to handle things with more dignity than for me at least i can only speak for me when i was really drunk i had a much looser tongue and would find myself getting in arguments that i would regret and behaving a certain way that i would really regret and saying mean things to people because whiskey coke and you know what i mean and so i would sometimes get in these needless arguments and now i'm not even in the space in the room to get in those arguments. Cause I'm, I'm doing a French goodbye when stuff starts getting weird and a French goodbye to me means I'm just gone. You're like, gone. Some people call it an Irish goodbye. I don't even say goodbye. And they're like, <laughs> did you leave? I didn't see you. You're like, Oh yeah, I had a great time. You didn't see me. I was there until the end. They go, Oh, that was and, and what do you
0: attribute that to? Like when you see it going in a direction where people are partying or you just see a dialogue. It gets it,
1: boring to me. Yeah. Some guys close talking to me, breathing yeah. in my face. And I'm like, and I'm really good at going, oh shoot, I left my phone over here, I'll be right back. And, and it, then they just start talking
0: to somebody else and I'm out the door house. like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but friggin' aim, man, 13 years, it's, it's such an inspiring, having known you on both sides, it's such an inspiring thing. And one thing I do
1: do on stage is I will talk about being sober, not in a boring way, I make it funny. Right. Like I see people drinking, I go, man, I'm watching you drink and you're just so slow. You're probably going to leave that half a glass of wine. I would have never done that. In fact, I would have been so wasted. And then I'd be trying to score some Coke from the sound man. And then I'd be directing traffic naked in the middle of an intersection. I
0: remember that guy.
1: <laughs> and so people laugh, but the reason I do this is sort of as subterfuge and in a subliminal way, letting people know that I am sober. Cause somebody always reaches out to me at the end of a show and go, Hey man, I'm sober too. And we do yeah. the secret handshake, whatever that is. Whatever it is. And then we have a quick meeting and it. I do it for selfish reasons because it. somebody always comes up yeah. and they say, man, I'm sober too. Or somebody comes up and they go, man, I think I should get sober. Uh, and I go, I always say the same thing. Don't do it. <laughs> and they go, "What? You're supposed to help me?" I go, "Don't do it, because once you do it, it'll be in your head that you'll think you should be sober, and you'll have what we call a head full of beer and a belly full of AA." You're right, <laughs> man. <laughs> Don't That's... do it unless you're really ready. Don't do it because you want to impress me, because you're like, "Oh, that guy's music was cool" or something. Like and he's sober, and I'm gonna get
0: sober for him. Like no. I'm not
1: looking on them drinking judgmentally. I'm I'm jealous. Yeah, you're. I'm just like an anorexic wanting people to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the fact that San Diego's be- the one thing that bums me out about san diego is it became the beer capital after i quit drinking (laughs) although i will say this i would have still just been drinking coors banquet beer because that was my beer in a yellow can that's hysterical like i used to have those
0: ipas you know um back in the day like when stone because you were still drinking in the late 90s right yeah so when i was drinking what was the sierra nevada it was too heavy for you it was
1: too yeah it had this flavor that i wasn't into the only only thing i could drink was guinness because that was smooth but if I was just drinking beer, it was always Coors in a can, the yellow one. Not Coors Light, but the banquet beer. That yeah. was my beer, my drug of choice. No, they would have got you,
0: though. You would have you become an IPA guy. Snob. Uh, yeah, With a fucking app on my phone. Yeah, the P and IPA would have stood for Pulse, man, if you kept drinking. There's no doubt. But it, I, do, I do say, yeah, it's funny you say that, because that's like a lot of people in my circles who are cutting back on weed it's the same thing it goes legal and i'm not smoking anymore or i've gone so you know i'm not touching the stuff right when you can walk into a shop and buy an eighth like it's going to 711 Which blows my mind Is that weird? It's beyond weird. Like you could just go get weed. Well, don't you remember being a kid and saying, can you imagine if you can go to the store and get get a packet of joints? You know, a carton of joints. That'd be so cool. Wouldn't that be
1: cool? Dude, I remember going to the liquor store with my cousin in 1967, and he was a hippie, and we would secretly leave the house. And I was seven years old, and he was like, 16 or 17 and he was trying to get people to sign a petition to legalize marijuana and he's like it's never gonna happen but I like being a part of it right never gonna happen fast forward from 1967
0: to where we're at now dude you can walk into a shop and buy a box like you know a thing of joints like you're buying a pack of cigarettes I know it's like nothing I've ever seen before
1: I just hope that the small guy can keep making money from it and it doesn't become real corporate where the corporations went out again because i like the fact that some small grower
0: can do something i agree i do think big business will get in, get involved but it's not there yet
1: like Just, if Democrats want to get people off their butts to vote, they need to come up with a single issue. Like Republicans always come up with single issue voters, where they go, "This man's gonna go into the bathroom and pee next to your daughter and yeah. say he's a woman." I call those single issue voters where they know how to rally up the base over one issue. You're right, and so but the Democrats need that single issue, or the Republicans are going to take pot and make it their own, and they're starting to they're look starting at um. To, man. Uh, Vayner, is that how you say his name? Yeah, he's
0: completely flipped. Vayner's flipped. He's, and, he's part of like some board, yeah, some cannabis board. And
1: Republicans are now gonna take weed and make it their issue like they were always behind it. I know. Cause the problem with Democrats is we're just like lazier voters, you know what I mean? I we know. talk a big game, but we gotta get people off their butts to affect change, otherwise it's not gonna happen. Because people come up with excuses for everything. Right now you've got immigration, you know, whatever the hot button issue is, North Korea. And they will make it their own issue and they can can post a meme to make it look like, what's going on is normal. And what is going on is not normal right now in our country. And people really do need to wake up and get involved and um, not be afraid to talk about these things cause, and not worry about being shouted down.
0: Well, how does that, and I did wanna ask you, cause I do obviously follow you on Facebook and you do get very political. <laughs> I do. Does that affect your fan base or do you have to worry about that shit? Cause I do, I am concerned. Cause I stay away from the subject even though I can be extremely political.
1: Well, I'm afraid sometimes that some guy might show up with a gun and just shoot me or like that movie, The Candidate with Robert Redford from the seventies where a guy walks up to him, he hands him a Coke and a hot dog in each hand. So his hands are freed and then punches him. But I don't think I inspire hatred. I try to be very honest in my political posts. And so the way I like to do it is just say, look, I don't like this man. I am not for these policies. Sometimes I get really vocal on my hatred forum, which I did recently. Yeah, I know. But I make it po- I make it poetic, so I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> but I've I've lost friends recently that just want nothing to do with me and one friend said there's Pult spitting on 30% of his fan base. But that's not true because 30% of my fan base are not Trump voters. So I I hate to say it, but you're wrong there and the 5% that maybe They know what they're getting into when they come to my show and I'm not up there to make them feel bad. And I would like to really reiterate this. I'm not yelling at somebody who voted for president Trump. I get it. You wanted to see change. You were tired of the status quo. There's, there is too much money in politics. So in your mind, he spoke a good game that does not make you a racist. And I'm not calling you a racist for voting for him. I don't like to go down those holes because it gets you nowhere. In fact, I honor you for exercising your right to vote as an American citizen. Hats off to you. You went out and you did it. Didn't win the popular vote, but you won the electoral college and you found a path to victory and that won. He is the president of the United States of America. And And we've gotta keep the United States United. So hats off to you for voting. What I say to everybody else is you gotta go out, you need to tell your friends to vote and you need to get off your butts because And you need to give people a reason to vote. And maybe for whatever reason, Hillary didn't speak to a lot of voters and uh, she represented old school you know, anybody could post a meme to get you to agree with what they're thinking and, and, and changing somebody's mind in a political argument is never gonna happen. The way I liken it is this, you were, when the Chargers were in San Diego and I had Charger fever, you were never gonna get me to root for the Raiders. I hated the Raiders and uh, politics is tribal. And so the way we affect change is through being active and through getting out there and through writing our congressmen and through voting, which is your God given right here as an American citizen and trying to make a change within your neighborhood. And so if you, rather than arguing with somebody who's a Trump supporter on Facebook, why not say, hey, why don't you meet me tomorrow and let's go clean up this person's yard? They need help and we'll work together doing this. Cause we, See, can, we can both agree that we want We want good things to happen. I believe Trump voters want good things to happen for people. Somebody else could be right now going bullshit. They're not going to ever do that. They're racist, but I say, no, no, no. Let's find a common ground and let's try to enact change that way by working together. And it's not going to be easy to do because the media as well wants us to be separated because it sells ad spaces, it sells clicks. It's not just more Russian bots. No,
0: More engagement is money. The more we're fighting, the yeah. more money media companies make.
1: Here's the thing, man. When I was a kid and I went out and played Sandlot football with my friends and I was 12 years old, I didn't know who you parents voted for or what you were into. I didn't even know what a liberal versus a conservative was. I nope. was playing football with my friends. But nowadays, seven-year-olds
0: are saying, boo, Hillary. You're not kidding, man. My, my nine-year-old, nine-year-old girl, she thinks Trump's bad. Right. And she picks it up in the environment.
1: What if like there was some, let's write a scientific book where we snatch all these babies and we move them to another planet. Black babies, brown babies, white babies, red babies. And they all grew up away from their parents through any indoctrination from any news. Wow. And they all live on this planet. And religion. Would it? And re, No religion, yep. no religion. Yep. And so would they eventually start their own religions and get tribal? This is what I'm wondering, is it inherent within us or are we just carrying on the sins of our fathers? I don't and know, mothers? I've, I've given it a lot of thought. Well, it's like, if you have somebody that's raised in a Sunni tribe versus a Shiite tribe, they hate each other's guts. And these are, they're both Muslims, but they hate each other's guts. You have Kurds that hate Turks and everybody's carrying these longstanding feuds, Palestinians versus Israelis. And you can talk to an Israeli person who says, well, they don't, they want us not to exist. They want to blow us off the face of the earth. And everybody's got a point of view. So here, number one, you're not gonna change their minds. So can we just not coexist? Or do, does something so drastic have to happen that makes everybody go, whoa, that sucked. Like what happened in the former
0: Republic of um, Yugoslavia. Yeah. They had this war, there was ethnic cleansing. See, that's kinda how I, honestly, I hate to say it and go down that road and sound so pessimistic, but that's kinda how I see things going. I think there's gonna be a civil war sometimes. The divide is I so hear strong, you, man. It freaks me out sometimes.
1: I'm still trying to spread positivity me too. at my shows, and therefore I don't go on stage and say, if you voted for Trump, you're a fucking idiot. He's killing. No, what I do is I try to find things that make people feel good. I know. I may have them all singing, This Land Is Your Land, at the end of the show, but that's different than me saying, Fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I do. It's more subversive because I get a arm and arm, and so.
0: But that's the way you have. That's the only thing that's going to save us, in my opinion, is music compassion,
1: and compassion well, it's just and art, compassion arts. and
0: heart, man. Because even what I'm looking at, Steve, with what's going on with the suicide and and this culture that we live in, okay, suicide contagion, right? And, and Bourdain takes his life, and this onslaught of Spade. All, all these people coming out on the on the back end of that, saying, "Hey, if you ever need a friend, I'm here for you." But haven't we been living for so long now under this new age bullshit blanket of, oh, if you're negative or if this person throws me bad vibes, I just block them or push them away or cut them out or ghost them or unfriend them. Couldn't that be in theory what's compounding these mental health issues and these people are feeling more alone and isolated and pushed away from people when all they need is love and compassion?
1: And, yeah in my opinion the best president in my lifetime and this is just my opinion was barack obama and that's my opinion somebody sure. right now could be going fuck steve pultz i'm turning this off i don't <laughs> all i'm saying is this in my opinion well, you're not alone man i just really i really thought i liked what he said how and i think it was when he was talking to anthony bourdain and he said Look, the internet has made it so we can just be so mean to each other. I know. But if you meet up with people and you look them in the eye, you're really not going to do that. You can't
0: be that mean in person.
1: No. And change is so slow moving, it's glacial. So look how long it took for black people to get the right to vote. Good point. You know, from Brown versus Board of, Board of Education and all these different things that happen in our country. And yes, the pendulum has swung back far. But once again, I want to reiterate, I do not hate those people that voted for him. And I get why they did. I do too. People want a change. And who knows where the future... I'm I'm proud of these young kids, though, that are out there and they're getting involved because maybe they're the ones that can save us from ourselves. I know.
0: Well, I always ask my parents, like I'm always asking my parents what life was like in the 60s and trying to draw some comparisons to right. what's happening today. And it's... They didn't have Facebook though. They didn't have They couldn't unfriend you. That's really what they said. Like, <laughs> we didn't have social media, man. We just went out into the streets. You're yes.
1: Right. I have a, a new song. I just put a video up and it's called Devices. And the song goes, Get off your devices. They've all become vices. Look what's happened to the world. Ooh. And then it says, um, Get off of that internet. Come out to the outer net. Run around and break a sweat, you'll have a good time, I bet. And the video is up online and people are sharing it like crazy. I was I like, you know it. what? I'm going to write a positive song because I wrote my Trump song already, you
0: know? Uh, can hey, can you God take all- us out with this, with this positive piece? What? Can you play it now? I would love to. Yeah, and let's do this because. You could post the video. And I'll post the video and uh and also obviously encourage people to hit your show at the Birch you're there tomorrow night for yes. those who are listening today Tuesday or perhaps you're listening to this on Wednesday but thank you for listening by the way this is a great podcast i need to meet with
1: you once a month i, I, love, mean, I love the it. way your mind works
0: it well steve i'll tell you i'm in a different place now like you were we always had a great thing on the radio together and it was more during your party days and my days of thinking I was a big shot working on a, at a radio station. And I walk to a different beat now. And, I and like,
1: Tori Poltz, the new radio show.
0: I just like who I am as a human <laughs> more. I understand you more. I love you more than I have ever loved you just based on knowing what you've been through and the fact that you stay committed to your goals, your visions, and your craft. And, you're, and you keep building. And it's a beautiful thing to see.
1: is a message and a warning for all you kids out there. Get off your devices, they've all become vices. Look what's happened to the world. Get off your devices, have a pizza slices. All of you boys and girls will get off of that internet and come out to the outer net. Run around and break a sweat. You'll have a good time, I bet we got trees and bumblebees we got bikes with banana seats we'll build the jump on lakers street and we'll bloody up both our knees get off your devices they've all become vices look what's happened to the world Get off your devices, have a pizza slices. All of you boys and girls will get off of that internet. and Come out to the outer net, run around and break a sweat. You'll have a good time, I bet. We got egg rolls and camping gear, <laughs> kangaroos and ginger beer. you. You could talk like an auctioneer. What am I gonna get? What am I gonna get? I got 30 to the 40. I got 40 and the 50. 50 in the 50. Soul. (laughs) We got paints and canvas too. Yellow, red, white, green, and blue. You could be like Van Gogh too. Just don't cut off your ear. Everybody. Get off your devices, they've all become vices Look what's happened to the world Get off your devices, have a pizza slices All of you boys and girls, but get off of that internet and come out to the outer net Run around and break a sweat You'll have a good time, I bet. Here's your part. You'll echo what I say. Get right. off of that internet. 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 <laughs> internet.
0: Get off that internet and head out to the birch to see Pulse or check out all his music. It's uh, it's Pulse.com, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the dog was barking. <laughs> He's starting to growl. <laughs> all right, my man. Much love and continued success. Thank you. And health. Good times. Thank you, as always, to Steve for cruising through in fact after uh, after our little session as i was walking steve to his car he said uh, hey we should we should start our own little podcast maybe do this on a reg you never know where this crazy world will take you so uh, thank you for going along for the ride as always appreciate your support especially uh during the uh during the trying times sometimes uh doing the diy thing can get a little lonely and crazy And uh, definitely appreciate having you on the other end. It definitely helps push through along with the obvious, family, friends, and surfing. (laughs) Thanks again to all our sponsors with a special nod to our Patreon community. Forrest just signed up. He's going to be a new dad here soon. Just uh, signed up. He's a patron along with our Gold Star Platinum patrons, uh, Mariposa Ice Cream adams avenue normal heights the best homemade ice cream on the planet also patrons as well and they give a hearty fat donation every month which helps keep this network alive and crushing so uh, thank you to mariposa ice cream anna and tim over there give them a visit and if you'd like to become a patron as well uh, you can do so by hitting patreon.com forward slash you you y-e-w And uh, check out all the new stuff we have in the store, the U store. New t-shirts. I've got these epic pocket tees as well as new foamies for the homies. Please check those out, youonline.com. And until next time, be kind to yourself and others. That's really it. All right. And thank you to Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth for the background music.